Welcome to the Dr. Doom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Doom. There may be a little bit of background noise going on. That's the fan running. Again, another hot day here in sunny eastern Canada. Um, yeah, so I'm just coming off a week of uh, the old double duty call. And uh, and I've got a long weekend this weekend. I think it's a, like a provincial holiday. Um, and it's a Friday evening. And I just finished my second job and it wasn't actually that onerous tonight so I'm uh, kind of in a good mood I think we're gonna go out for sushi in a minute so I'll keep it short but um, despite me being in a good mood this is a story about today and how I'm kind of an asshole so um, pardon, pardon my disgusting mouth noises <laughs> I'm hoping the music like I've been using background music I'm hoping that just drowns it out um, I have a colleague um, the way our group works is that we all work um, our individual jobs and we submit our billings individually, but uh, then we divide it all up evenly. And that's always been a good system. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it kind of protects people who take on more complex cases in a sense in that, um, you know, if a complex case with a lot of findings pays the same as a simple case with like one finding, um, you know, it's not really fair because both people are working there, you know, 10 hours a day or whatever. Uh, it's not really fair to tell the person doing the heavier lifting, hey, you're not getting paid this week. <laughs> so, and, and we divide cases by, not not by specialty so much as just randomly, but sometimes, you know, you end up taking on certain, I don't know, you, you develop a certain expertise. Like my expertise would be more in the vascular side of things. Anyway, um, so we've been doing that system for a long time and for the most part, it works pretty well. Not a lot of people are inclined to take advantage. One thing that happens when you go into medicine, I think generally you kind of select your group of people that you're going to work with based on other personalities. We're all over the political spectrum, but we're all friends kind of, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you just kind of, you want like-minded individuals. So we wanted to work hard and, uh, and be productive and hopefully retire in our early sixties instead of in our early seventies. <laughs> that was, that's my hope anyway. And that was sort of the consensus of the group when I joined it. But as some of the old guys have retired and we've hired new people, you know, different generations feel differently about things. Um, there's no doubt about that, but and, and listen, all these people are my friends, but there's a person in the group, there are multiple who do this, who don't always do quite, uh, you know, just don't do quite as much. <laughs> and I'm sometimes guilty of being that person. But today um, I went to work and like, it's, it's really busy in the summer because people are on vacation and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and so, you know, the people who are there, there's more work to do. And so I started this week with um, a caseload of, I think it was over 150 cases to do during the week. And what I do is I grind that Monday when I get that folder and I'll get another one um, on Tuesday. It'll be even worse, <laughs> but I just plow through it as hard as I can because at the end of the day, um, you know, I know I've got to present this and say, hey, I did my work. I, I pulled my weight. So if our billings aren't even, at least I know I never gave work back, that kind of thing. But some people 
I think have been kind of putting some work back and maybe not doing everything. And, and the reason I think this, and I'm a suspicious asshole, <laughs> the reason I think it is because I will get work in my folder that's like two weeks old that came from, obviously it had been assigned at some point, but now it's assigned to me. And I always kind of bristle just a little bit, but never enough. It's not worth getting in a fight over. It's not worth God, it's not worth your time to fight with your colleagues or the stress. Like if you started a fight, these people are your friends and you see them more than you see your family. So if you started a fight or you raised it or whatever, man, you wouldn't sleep that night. You would be like, God, I can't believe I did that. You'd feel embarrassed and guilty. But it has been kind of escalating a little bit. And I think, you know, everybody's got drama going on in their lives. But sometimes people... And I'm guilty of it for sure. Listen, I'm doing a podcast for fuck's sake. So of course I'm guilty of it. We develop this main character syndrome. And that's where you see your life as a story and you're the main character. But I try not to, I try, I try not to treat the other characters in my story as NPCs, <laughs> as though their lives, they don't have lives and they don't matter. And they're there in support of my role moving through this story. But I think sometimes that perspective gets lost on other people with main character syndrome. And so today, after this week where I've just been grinding my ass to the bone, I sat down and I looked and the stuff from the day before had not been done. Like, none of it. And I, <laughs> normally, what I would do is I would just start reading it. And I wouldn't say anything because I would be like, oh, I can't sleep if I say anything. I, I will stress over this. But I kind of came up, I said, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna mention this. <laughs> but I'm gonna do it tactfully. So I, I wrote to the person and I said, I just wondered if you are saving those studies um, to read them or if like if, if you were reviewing them before dictating them uh, or if you want me to do them. <laughs> just like a little cue kind of saying, are you really leaving these for me to do? And there was a very, you know when you get the dot, dot, dot that somebody's writing back? That went on for a very long time. <laughs> As I imagine my colleague was coming up with the right words to say in order to address this. And all I got back was what studies. So, I mean, in fairness to them, they probably, I mean, they probably forgot to check the list or something when they were, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how it happened. But um, anyway, I kind of went through it with them. They were Because I think that was their way of saying, no, I'm not saving them. But I kind of pushed a little bit harder. I said, there are, you know, quite a few studies from the afternoon from yesterday. And I just wondered if, you know, if you want, I'll, I'll read them if you're busy. Like, but again, hint, we're all super fucking busy. It's really busy. And we're really tired. It's Friday. We've, we've all put in a hard week. Not just, not just the main character in your story. The main character in my story also put in a hard week. The poor main character in the story behind me had a hell of a week and he's he was on the weekend before and he was like i'm not fucking reading them <laughs> so uh you know what eventually it worked out she the uh the other person took the studies and never complained but they kind of had put it out there like oh whatever you'd like and i just never wrote back and i just waited to see if they would disappear and sure enough half an hour later they did so i don't know I'm a passive aggressive jerk is the uh, moral of that story. And if, you, if you're the main character in a tragedy or whatever, and you're a part of my circle, 
I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I'm not going to play long anymore. I'm too tired. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I'm old. I'm fucking tired. And uh, I got my own story to be the main character of. One of the uh, hobbies that I have is motorcycle riding, and um, my brother was home, uh, as as you know, from uh, Australia. It's kind of a lovely interlude into into my year. hadn't seen him since my dad died, and uh, also his dad, <laughs> same same guy. Um, so it was nice to see him under better circumstances. And uh, when he was here last for dad's funeral, it was in December, but there hadn't been snow on the ground yet. And I had dad's motorcycle in storage and I got it out for him and he took it around the neighborhood. He, he hadn't driven a street motorcycle before. And I guess he fell in love. So he drove for like less than five minutes. And so far that five minutes has cost him about a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in his life. He's bought dirt bikes, he's bought motorcycles, he's traded the motorcycles, he's souped up motorcycles. Um, so when he came home, he was really keen to go biking around uh, Eastern Canada because it's a beautiful place. And in the summer, there really is nowhere better. Now, I recently saw a job come up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I'm fucking tempted. (laughs) I won't lie. Pay is way better. I've been to Tennessee. I fucking love Tennessee. Um, And uh, as a musician, I love Nashville as well. Um, and, uh, I, I would just, I don't know. Chattanooga is a pretty cool place. I, I, I would love to go down there. Having said that, I have no idea about the licensure and I'm kind of stuck in New Brunswick because all our families are here and all that stuff, but a guy can dream. It was, it was such a great offer that I, <laughs> I looked at it and I said, Chrissy, uh, I'd like to go to Chattanooga. And she was like on vacation. I said, no, no. I'd like to move there permanently. <laughs> she, and I was gauging. I was like, now the look she gives me is going to determine what I do with the rest of my life. And she kind of rolled her eyes and I said, so that's a no, that's a no. Anyway. Um, yeah. So back to the main story here is that, uh, Dan and I decided to do some motorcycle riding. Now when dad died, he, um, he left me his motorcycle. I had actually paid for um, half his motorcycle when he bought it. It was kind of a gift. Um, and uh, and there's kind of a funny story with this. He had put it in storage. Um, oh, yeah. So Dan was home after he died because he, he was here when I got the motorcycle out of storage. I'm sorry. So that was a different trip. But it, w- it was still a pretty fresh grief at that time. So it all kind of that year blends together quite a bit. But um, dad had put the bike in storage. And, um, and he had brought it in and I'd forgotten all about it. And so, um, you know, he died and the next spring, uh, they called me and said, uh, what do you want us to do about your dad's bike? I said, well, I'll, I'll pick it up. Um, okay. There's a bill with it. I said, how much? $2,200. I said, to store it? No, he had souped up the engine and done a stage two or something on it or a stage one. I don't know. Uh, it's a Harley Davidson and it's got like, now it's got these big like uh, Reinhardt racing pipes and <laughs> big air filter and stuff. So it's, I mean, it's a cool sounding bike. It's a, he, he had good taste. It was a surprise when I picked it up anyway. So that's a bike I mostly ride. It's a, it's called road King. If you know, you're like Harley Davidson's, it's kind of a big bagger bike, but not the huge ones with like, that look like a Honda Goldwing. 
it's just got you know it's comfortable uh the bars are a little low for me <laughs> I, I feel like a bear when i ride it like a, a circus bear but uh you know it's a pretty comfortable bike it's not bad um and and it's good on the highway and it's not too windy on that bike so that's kind of the main reason i ride it for for the most part um but when dan came home he wanted to ride dad's bike and i was a little bit a bit jealous and a little bit hesitant because I put so much money into it but you know he's my brother and I love him so I said yeah go for it <laughs> and I, I gave him the bike while he was home um the first ride we did we went um out to the farmer's market and it was a beautiful day perfect temperature 25 degrees just absolutely deadly perfect ride and uh and I loved it and then uh, we kind of got on a hiatus because they were traveling all around the province and Dan, when he's home, um, God bless him. Like, <laughs> you know, mom wants to see him, but he's got mom and she's like the babysitter when he's home. So he's off gallivanting with all his friends from high school and seeing all these people. And then they want to see, you know, Shediac. They want to go all over the province. Uh, go to Nova Scotia, go to Pugwash where my dad grew up, all this stuff. And so, um, you know, I, we kind of fell out of the motorcycle thing and I was just kind of chasing him around the province and I would drive up on a bike to see him, but, um, you know, he was, he couldn't ride with me. So then we decided, um, you know, getting towards the end of his trip, I said, I'll take you out to the Evandale ferry area. There's a great restaurant there. Um, so don't eat. I said, <laughs> so we didn't eat. We waited, um, you know, after work when you're starving, I came out, picked up Dan, and we started riding. I was on my old bike, and he was on Dad's bike. And the ferry was way the hell further than I thought, than I remembered it being. It was in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it was like a two-hour ride. And we got there, and the restaurant's beautiful, but there wasn't a soul there. And uh, I went in, and there was like, you know, it's like a hotel-slash-restaurant. I went in, and there was a guest book and all. There, there was a restaurant, but there was nobody working. We walked all over the place. It was like being in The Shining. It was like an abandoned hotel. There was, you know, there were vodka bottles and stuff on the shelves, but there was nobody there to serve it. Um, so then we found a little sign, a little handwritten sign in the window of the side door that said closed Mondays. And that was my, <laughs> that was Monday. So I'd driven them all the way out there and I didn't even get them dinner. Um, and we drove back and my butt was quite sore i mean my little bike is uh not maybe as comfortable on the long haul and uh, i'm a heavy guy and those roads are bad and i did get us lost actually there was no gps signal of course you're out you're out in the woods in the willy wags um but uh you know so i i got us turned around and i went about 10 miles in the wrong direction on the way home we crossed a ferry we didn't go home the same way we came in and we were going to go home along the peninsula and i, I got lost uh anyway so that was a long ride and uh filled the bikes up with gas my my gasket fell off my gas tank the you know everything i do costs a fortune like every time i take a bike out something breaks and i have to get it fixed every time i take a boat out uh, something breaks i've got a boat engine getting repaired right now as as, as i tell this story anyway all, all this is to say um we did have one last ride and it was to back to the farmer's market and I was quite excited to go. Um, only what, the day that we did the ride, it was 38 degrees Celsius. So that's, you know, we're talking like 100, 105 plus, I think. 
um, and uh, and I was just roasting, and uh, I got really really hot to the point that I started feeling like, oh, I might I might throw up, <laughs> and I didn't know how to. I have a full face helmet. I was like, I, I don't know how to do this. Um, so I just I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be sick. We got to the farmer's market and all the food smells and stuff. I was like, dude, I got to go home. So I abandoned him and uh, went home. And that was our last motorbike ride. But uh, anyway, now I've got his bike is still at my mom's house. Or my dad's bike is still at my mom's house. I haven't picked it up. I'm feeling very sad. Like, I'm almost sad to go for a motorbike ride. Because now, like, what was cool. Oh, this is a, <laughs> this is a rambling story with no point. But I'm just talking about motorbikes. Um, what was really cool is that I had his, like my dad and I bought these Senna headsets so we could communicate on the bikes and he and dad and I used to ride together all the time. And I had not ever used the headset since like I, I'll use it to connect to my phone, listen to books, but I'd never connected to another person again. And what dad and I would do is we'd turn it on, say, you know, we're going to turn up here and then turn it off. So you didn't, you know, you just hear the road or whatever. But Dan, uh, he just leaves it on the whole time. We just chatted while we drove. It was kind of cool. It was like hanging out with my bro. So anyway, I miss my bro. That's kind of the point of that story. Sometime I'm going to talk about motorcycle crashes because I've had a hell of a lot of them. And uh, <laughs> and we'll do that story. Um, but, you know, this one was just more for Dan. Miss you, bro. All right, everyone. Stay uh, healthy. Stay classy. See you next time. Thank you.